Hi everyone, welcome to Girls. Today I have with me Rachel Neighbors. Neighbors? Did neighbors. I, nice. You I got it. I'm, I got I got your last name correct. Um, welcome to Girls. I'm very happy to have you. Happy to be here. Yay! Cheers. Coffee cheers. and tea. <laughs> Coffee and tea, best friends forever, right? Yep. Can you please introduce yourself? Well, I'm Rachel Neighbors. I'm a PM here at Microsoft. Just joined in November. Very happy to be here. Uh, it's always been a, a dream of mine to come see the house that Gates built. Why is that? Can you tell us about the backstory? I know you told me the story, but it's an amazing story, so I want you to tell everyone about it. All right, all right. All right. I, hope you, I hope you have some patience. It's a little long-winded. Take your time. <laughs> all right. So I was raised in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. That's like the southwestern portion of Virginia. And to give you an idea of where I was raised, before the recession, we had 20% unemployment. And those are the reported unemployment uh, numbers. So you know that it's actually much higher than that. And I was raised there. My mom was a, was a retired systems analyst, of all things, from the 80s. And she thought it would be a great idea to move her child to the middle of nowhere. And, and unfortunately, it wasn't really the most economically wise decision. So I grew up there. And about every other week, back when I was about 12, uh, my mother would go to the grocery store in the neighboring town. And it had a library, so she dropped me off at the library. And when I was there, I would get on the computers there and access the internet. And I remember looking up and seeing the little plaques on, on the computers, you know, this computer and internet access donated by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And it was a big deal because we didn't have access to the internet on the mountains. It was really hard. The, the infrastructure was just not that good. Uh, you had to live within two miles of a copper phone wire in order to get the internet for a long time. And it just hadn't reached our area yet. So I would go, and for about half an hour every other week, I would be at the library. And that's where I learned HTML and CSS and started putting my art online to share with people. And that actually uh, turned into, by hook or by crook, a career in comicking. I made comics for teenage girls and... I have one paper comic here. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so I learned HTML and CSS. It allowed me to put my comics online. I got picked up by uh, girl.com, which was an iVillage site from back in the day, if anyone remembers iVillage sites. It was sort of like the teen vogue mm -hmm. of its era, because it was all about, you know, real girls, real conversations. And I made these comics for teenage girls. Every week, I had 400,000 teens reading this comic from all over the world. It, it was wonderful. That's amazing. And my c I was using these web development skills to further it. Like, you see this one is printed, but the yeah. actual comic was digital. If you wanted to sell that print copy, we didn't have Etsy back then. We didn't have deviant art where you could post your art. If you wanted to share something or sell something, you had to build it yourself. So if you wanted to uh, sell comic books like that on the internet to your fans who are like, I would like to buy one of your comics so much, please, please sell them somewhere. And you're like, well, OK, if you really want a paper copy, uh, you had to build like you go down, download OS Commerce, learn PHP, install it on a server, and then it looks terrible. So <laughs> you're going to learn CSS and, and make it look even better. And I was doing that to run newsletters, doing that to run a shop, a community site that I'd built in Drupal. And it was great. It was. Um, so you, you learned all of the skills for this, to show the comics, to show the art. And then now you're using these skills for actual career, which is, I mean, the story is amazing. 
It's hilarious to me, too, because when I was younger, I had expressed an interest in learning game development. And I was like, I want to build my own computer games, Mom. And there were no books about development yeah. or programming at my library at that time. They had computers, but not computer books. And my mother was like, Ugh. I know COBOL and Assembler. You're going to get impatient with programming. You make one mistake and everything is broken. She didn't know about linters back then. So, uh, <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> so she, she kind of discouraged me from pursuing programming and development and encouraged me to pursue art and drawing and comics. And the funny thing was, I found out that people would pay me so much more for all the programming I ended up doing anyway than I was getting paid to do the comics. Uh, it turned out I needed to get jaw surgery, and even award-winning cartoonists, this was before Obamacare, of course, too, they have so many nice things now, uh, even award-winning cartoonists can't pay for things like massive jaw surgery on one's face. And everyone in the community tried real hard, you know, they, they did uh, collections, didn't have GoFundMe back then either, mm -hmm. so we were just using PayPal. It was very sweet. But in the end, I realized, I'm going to have to stop making comics and start doing something else. What could people possibly pay me to do? And I looked at my skills, and it turned out all the things I was doing to promote the comics were more valuable than the comics themselves. It was <laughs> like I was omelet. using the golden goose to make omelets and just <laughs> discarding the shells. Like, well, you know, the important part is the, the, the eggs. The egg. <laughs> so that was, that was really interesting. But if it hadn't been for that internet access, I never would have gotten started. And I don't know where I'd be today. Probably still in the middle of nowhere. That's amazing. And now you, um, I mean, in addition to being a PM at Microsoft, you also do speak in a lot of conferences. And you just published, have a, published a book. It's my, first non it's my first technical book, as opposed to graphic novel or comic book. Mm -hmm. So I'm super proud. It's, it's amazing. Animation at work. Yeah, it's with a book apart. Yeah, this is not the, oh. uh, the official. Right, you have to book, right? download it on the internet. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you are an MS Library fan, I do believe it is in our system if you would like to read it. And you said it would also be a, a linked out to in the show notes. Yep, I will show, I will put the link in the description box. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the book? So, what I was doing before I came to Microsoft, I, there was a time between comics and Microsoft, believe <laughs> it or not. Uh, I be ended up getting into animation, web animation, and specifically like using animation in interfaces to create better user experiences. It's sort of, I like to say that animation rests at the intersection of development, UX, and design. And if mm -hmm. any one of those three, if any one of those three sisters isn't cooperating with the other, you're going to have problems when it comes to animation. Because you cannot have good, meaningful, purposeful animations that make a better user experience unless all three of those pieces are talking to each other. Mm -hmm. So this book is sort of the capstone to five years' worth of experience in this area. It starts by talking about the science of how the human visual system works, why animation actually works, why it matters, why there's such a difference between a point-and-click interface and a touch interface actually has a lot to do with animation. <laughs> Touch interfaces would not be what they are today without uh, gestures and animations that come with them. And it goes on to talk about patterns and purpose, uh, five categories of animations that we'll see over and over again, archetype categories, how you build animations into a design system, blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of experience. It's one book. I'm hoping that it will let other people stand, stand on my shoulders, as it were, and continue to push push that intersection of those three things forward. 
Nice, that's amazing. Um, I really love that you you published a book. I, I, it's it's amazing for me, and it's colorful, and it has pictures, lots of storyboards, lots of storyboards. Yeah, I, can, I think you can see them. That's amazing. This is amazing. I'm gonna put the links in the description. Thank you. Can you tell us also about all the conferences you're doing? So, uh, what type of conferences you go, and when you present, what type of presentations? So far, people keep asking me to present about animation. I'm hoping that's your me expertise. Well, I kind of painted myself into a corner with that one. I got really into it, and then people were like, you're telling the story so well. <laughs> Keep telling it. I'm like, but what if I want to tell other stories? And they're like, no, animation. <laughs> so uh, I get invited to come out, talk about you know how animation works, different APIs coming out in browsers. For instance, the, the web animations API is starting to show up in more and more browsers. And uh, things like CSS animations and transitions, so I get invited to keynote. Uh, actually, I'm keynoting at JS Congress in in Munich in November. I'm nice. really excited about that one. That's amazing. It is. I remember when I first started speaking. It. I was working at a front end development shop in North Carolina, and I really, really wanted to go to CSS DevCon. <laughs> and it, it was going to have Chris Coyer, it was going to have uh, Estelle Weil, it was going to have all the greats, right? I had to, and it was in Hawaii. And I, I was like, I want to go, will you let me go? And they said, we don't have budget, but if you want to take vacation days and pay for it yourself. And I was like, I will take vacation days, but how am I going to afford a trip to Hawaii? Ah, I will submit a talk. And so That was your first one? That was my first one. And at that time, I had read all the specifications for CSS animations and transitions. And I also had read the specification for HTML5 audio. And I thought to myself, I bet I could make an animated music video using just these things and no JavaScript. And I pitched that to them. They did blind session voting. And mine was one of the ones that won. So they called me up two months before the conference. I hadn't built any of this yet. I just <gasps> hypothetically knew it was possible. So they called me up and they said, Rachel, you, we want you to come speak in Hawaii. Do it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And now I have to actually make it happen. Uh, so I felt like the woman in a fairy tale, Rumpelstiltskin, come help me spin all this straw into gold. <laughs> but I did manage to spin the straw into gold on my own two feet and flew out to Hawaii. I met all those wonderful people. And ever since then, I've been going to conferences, talking about, well, more than just HTML5 music videos mm -hmm. and spreading the good news about all the wonderful interactive things that we can do with our browsers. Nice. You told me you do something special in your presentations. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that? So, hmm, I'm wondering what special thing you're referring to. But well, a lot of things. You said first you use the comics. Oh, yes. For the present, for the technical presentation. So, how can you do that? Is it like an HTML running around? I don't know. <laughs> Let me know. So I thought when I left comics, because it was, it was hard to launch a new career and still be a world-renowned cartoonist, it took me like 50 to 60 hours a week to make a weekly comic. I put a lot of energy into it. There was no way I could do that and uh, ramp up to become a front-end developer. So I had to say goodbye to the comics Oh, and go through massive uh, facial surgery. That was just not possible. So I, I let go of comics, I said goodbye to the community, and I moved over to be a full-time front-end developer. And I was like, oh, I'll never, never tell stories again. I'm so sad. 
But the great thing was, and that's one of the reasons why I pitched such an over-the-top idea, was because I was like, I can draw all the characters in the music video, and it'll be great. It'll it'll be like a cartoon. I'll finally be doing something uh, like I always wanted my comic to be a cartoon. So maybe yeah. I could make a cartoon with HTML and CSS and and no Flash and no JavaScript and and just do that. And I found out through making many different talks that my cartooning skills translate over beautifully into presentations. Uh, the storyboarding required for doing a good presentation comes directly from when I used to make comics. In the same way, when I do educational videos, I mean, I have a whole site devoted to educational videos, uh, courses.rachelneighbors.com. Nice. There's even a course on practical cartooning techniques for uh, technical people like myself. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I'll link that also in the description. Excellent. I'll see if I can put a discount in there too for you. <laughs> and uh, so these things, like cartooning skills, actually translate beautifully over into communication skills, especially visual communication skills. So when people are like, "Do you still make comics, Rachel?" I'm like, "Yes, I do. I make. I do. It's just they're on stage now instead of uh, in print in books. They are uh, they are a framing device for helping communicate complex ideas to people who who need to hear them." That's amazing, and I guess people like love it. Um, how how was the reaction of the people who come to watch you on stage? They love it. Uh, one of the one of the quirks that I, I have when I'm giving presentations is I use voices. Part of that is because when I used to make comics, and I was kind of you know I get the script and I'd sort of read through the script in the bathroom and I'd be like, oh, <clears throat> no, Tuna, we can't possibly do that. Why can't we do that, Rachel? And <laughs> so sometimes I get on stage and I will have to play act different people to explain the history behind something. I don't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> and then afterwards, someone come up to me and shake my hand and say, "You are so funny. I love that voice you did." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, I hope I haven't insulted someone." <laughs> That's so nice. No, I really love it. It's like so special to present in a different way and. Um, like animation and interactivity at the same time, but like physically, it's you are doing the animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I just I think it's I think it's amazing. I thought I was giving something up when I came to tech. I thought I was giving up my storytelling and giving up all the creative things that I did. But I found out actually I enjoy I enjoy what I do so much more because I bring that with me. Mm. You, it, it's great to have that have that experience here. And for anyone coming into this area who feels like they have to give up a part of themselves to be here, you don't have to. You can bring it with you, and it will, it will make this a better experience for everyone. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, now we're gonna move to our lightning round. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Bring it. First thing you do in the morning when you wake up. I'm sorry, I checked my phone. Uh, don't be sorry. I think everyone else is doing that. <laughs> yes, I check my phone and it's like delete all the things, look at a lot of mentions, sometimes reply to things earlier than I should, and I look at it later, it's like, wow, Rachel. <laughs> uh, so I check my phone, and then I, uh, then when I actually get out of bed, I put on a Marketplace podcast. I love to listen to Marketplace in the morning. Nice. Economics is one of my hobbies. I love hearing about how the, how the world does business. So that's I, so different <laughs> from everything you're doing. But I, I appreciate that you're like looking into something very different. That's amazing. I love that. Okay, and you're on Twitter. I'll put that also in the description. This is how I knew you. I didn't even know you from Microsoft. I know you from Twitter. I know you from Microsoft. 
That's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's we amazing. should be Twitter friends now. I am already following you, though. I mean, I'm already following you. This is how I knew about how you exist. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, I'll put your Twitter also in the description. My next question was coffee or tea, but I think we have our answer. Tea. My next question was, um, do you have a gadget that you spend money on that you don't use? Kindle Fires. <laughs> you don't use it? I have a lot of Kindle Fires. <laughs> it's because at one point, I was determined to make an interactive graphic novel to sell through the Amazon store uh -huh. because they have a uh, ability where you can just bundle up a zip file of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and sell it in the Amazon store. We have that ability too, actually. Uh, it's really cool. I love this idea that you can just take these skills you already have, put them in a package, and monetize it. Like I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and for a long time, I needed a bunch of Kindles to test these, these things I was working on. And so I have them. I've spent a lot of money on them. I do not use them now. Uh, <laughs> and, okay. and they're just cluttering up the place, but I can't bring myself to let them go. <laughs> I get it. I get that. 100%. At least you use them before you're not using them right now. Yes. Uh, but I do actually use my Kindle Kindle with the e-ink display, but uh, not the Kindle Fires. OK. Um, what's your favorite app? Full Contact. Well, I don't know this app. What is this app, Full Contact? So, special secret just between us here. I'm face blind. I don't recognize faces. Uh -huh. If I recognize people, it'll be because of their voice, their clothes, their hair, their body shape, wow. their walk. It would be pretty much everything but their face. Um, I usually, if it looks like I'm recognizing someone, actually what I'm doing is I'm using a process of elimination to determine who they are. Sometimes my husband likes to shave when he comes to pick me up at the airport and scare me. And uh, <laughs> he stopped doing that after I, I nearly slapped him once. <laughs> uh, but I don't recognize faces. So I have all these things in my life to help recognize people and connect them to me. One of them is uh, Full Contact. It's an app that you can scan business cards. It will go out, it will find all the information about that person. It will create a contact for you. Mm. And it lets you take notes. It's sort of like your own personal CRM. And so I have this huge dossier of all the people I meet at conferences, all the people in my life, you're in there too. <laughs> and you know, like notes about where I met them, what their favorite things are, names of their children, et cetera. And so anytime I'm getting ready to meet someone, I go to full contact, I research them. I even if I'm lucky, I'll put a picture of their face in there and I'll like study it so that I can remember that person and go in fully informed and, and being able to place them in time and space. It's interesting, but not being able to recognize faces means a lot of other memories are hard to access. It'd be like if you had a relational database and you didn't have a key, and you had to find people by all of this contextual information. So I use this app to get all this contextual information ahead of time so that I can go out and get those records in my memories and get that person sorted and be prepared to see them. It's really weird. It, it's kind of hard to describe to people. Most people just cut me off and go, yeah, 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 I bet you meet a lot of people and you can't remember them. And I'm so, you know, just one person. I'm like, no, 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 you're really important to me. Everyone is really important to me. It's, uh, I want to be able to place you. I want to be able to remember all the things that make you important to me. Makes you better than any other person. Like, I recognize faces, but I don't remember names, for example. I think, I bet you remember names. <laughs> Or Sometimes. at least you have an app or you have a framework to remember people and I don't even have that because I just I, I don't 
I wish that there were technologies that would do all this for me. Like facial recognition on glasses would be great. If I could look at you and just like, there'd be a name and maybe a couple of hot, hotless right, like, to right. point out who you are would be so useful to me. Most people are cagey around uh, facial recognition, but I would also, they tend to be less cagey about voice recognition. I wouldn't mind it if my, my app would recognize voices and then whisper in my ear, that's Sumo. <laughs> you know her because she interviewed you on Channel 9, uh, and, and she was super fun, and you had a great time, and she used to work in, in, in an agency in Paris, and that would be so useful for me. So I'm thinking something like that maybe people would be more comfortable with. That's amazing, but I think maybe you should uh, start creating that thing, right? Maybe you have you have all the skills. <laughs> but you need a constant internet connection to do yeah. that. <laughs> well, hopefully we're at Microsoft. <laughs> that would be fine. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. Could be a little troublesome on the road. Though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, I, I love your answer. It's even better than my question. So now I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because my next question was, what would be a dream product you would love to work on? But I don't know. <laughs> Do you have, a, okay, let's say an existing one. That, uh, something that already have been done by Microsoft or outside of Microsoft. Could be not just a product, could be a service, could be a company, could be a nonprofit, anything. I don't, I don't know if it exists, but I always wanted to work on technology that helps people in rural areas. I've always thought like, um, for instance, uh, systems to alert people to when their cattle are uh, their cattle is being preyed upon by 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 wolves. It would be connected to your house so that when your cows exhibit a certain uh, evasion uh, evasion uh, flow because they they move in a certain way when there's mm -hmm. a predator, it would turn on all the lights and set off an alarm to let you know to go out and intercede whatever is going down. My chickens used to get killed all the time. Oh. And it's always a fight with the predators to try to keep them away from your livestock. And you never want to be killing the predators. Like You don't want to remove them from the natural way of things. But when life gets hard and they, the raccoons see a chicken there, they're like, I could go get that. That would be easy. You don't want to have to go out and hurt the raccoons to make them stop. So you have to constantly build better defenses, etc. So that's the sort of technology I'm, I'm keen on, is things that let people survive better on the fringes of society. City living is easy. It's when you're out in rural areas and disconnected where that connection is more important than ever before. So I don't know if, that, if products like that exist, but if they did, I'd love to work on them. I don't know if the product exists, but there's a team who's doing something very similar at Microsoft. Yeah. And it's called Affordable Access. I'll hook you in with that. So I already interviewed Melissa. Um, check on the, check one of the interviews. Melissa Sassi, she's one of my friends and she's working in the Affordable Access team. Nice. And um, I think they're doing a lot of things in rural areas and with, um, I'll, I'll put you in contact. I don't know if this exists, but something similar exists. So that would be a nice uh, story <laughs> to have, a nice talk to have with her. She's very nice too. Okay, that was that's, that's amazing. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, Shmuel. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you very me. much. Do you have any advice to any person who's like hesitating to come into tech since you, you had this journey of transitioning from, I don't want to say from art to tech because you're still an artist doing animation and doing comics and everything. But um, someone may be hesitating uh, to just jump into tech. What would, you, what would be your advice? You should just do it. 
You might feel like I'm not a technical person, I won't be able to understand it, and perhaps it is true that you will never become a database analyst or be writing C++ uh, for the GPU. But most of technology right now is so abstracted that even someone with a minimal grasp of these concepts can still do great things. And people in different professions, whether you're a farmer or an artist, you're going to have something wonderful that you can bring that isn't here already. Uh, people who've invested in tech early and been coached in that area of their life for a long time, they tend to be disconnected from the needs and wants and aesthetics of other kinds of people. You still have something valuable to bring, so you should bring it. The best thing you can do is just start by making something that you want. Find out how. Uh, join a local meetup. Ask for help. If they're good people, they will give you help in spades. If they're not good people, you should find a different meetup or find a different group. Uh, there's so many, especially like women in tech kinds of online communities. It, it, if you have an internet connection, you can find a place where you belong and where people want to help you express the needs and wants that you bring to the table. And they're going to value all the other skills you bring with you too. That's amazing. Thank you, Rachel, for being on GALS. I'll put all the links in the description for the book and for your Twitter account and your website. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye.